This is exactly right. Listen, we're all SVU fans. We love a family drama. We love a mystery to solve. And you got to get hooked into a story with the details. You need the visuals. You need the storylines with the twists and the turns. And that is what June's Journey has and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young girl on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murderer. Dun, 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 dun. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. The game is filled with all these beautiful detailed scenes from the 20s, like lavish estates and gardens. And of course, little hidden clues are everywhere. There's twists, turns, catchy tunes. It all takes you deep deeper into this storyline. And if you play well enough, you can make it into the detective club. And there you can chat with other players and even compete with or against them, which is pretty exciting. And you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed. And can you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. Okay, love that. And guess what? It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. Of the Law & Order franchises, SVU is considered especially watchable. We are the amateur detectives who kind of investigate the vicious felonies these episodes are based on. These are our stories. Dun-dun! Welcome to That's Messed Up, an SVU podcast. My name is Lisa Traeger. My name is Kara Clank. And you know how we do. Every week we dissect an episode of Law & Order SVU, and then we take you through the true crime that the episode was based on, and then interview some hottie that was on the episode. And today is no different. Lisa, we have a thousand things to talk about today. A thousand, and I have a surprising thing to tell you. Oh my God, what is it? I saw Fast and Furious 9 in the movie theater yesterday. <laughs> Lisa! It's so crazy that that happened. I didn't know you were part of the Fast and Furious family. I didn't know that you were into those. I didn't know either, but I am committed for life. Um, and it is silly. I love a movie. It's like Spice World. Like, I love a movie that's like, we know we're silly. And we're okay with it. Yeah. We're going to take a Pontiac into outer space. And that's that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that's that on that. <laughs> Listen, I'll tell you something. I've never watched a second of a Fast and Furious movie. I've never seen one of them. Well, I, I saw the first one. I think Paul Walker's very hot. RIP. But that's it. I don't know anything else. <sighs> yeah. No, it was great. I mean, Ludacris is in it. Yeah. And what's weird is he's such a good actor in SVU. A flop. 
as an actor in this <laughs> Flopiana, movie. Fluffiana, Luda? Flop. No. Barely acting. Like, I don't know how he does it because he's so talented in SVU, I thought, but whatever. But Vin Diesel's funny. I don't know. It was a great time. Charlize Theron, her earring game was amazing. But enough about... <laughs> Fast and the Furious, of course, but I just thought you'd be shocked as I was. <laughs> I, I am shocked. I am shocked. Like when I imagined what you were doing last night, I, it wasn't that. <laughs> I finally went last night to a restaurant in LA that I've been dying to go to for six years since I moved here, and it was really good. Are you going to give them a shout out or what you ordered? Yeah, it's or? called Bestia. It's it was hard to get a reservation. But it was packed to the fucking gills. I thought I would see a celeb. To be honest, I didn't look around much. But my friend that went saw Kanye last time she was there. So I was hopeful. But, you know, saw a lot of very stylish people and had some delicious wine. The sommelier talked us into a bottle of wine we could not afford. And so he's very good. Um, wait, but what did you order? You said there was a lot of meat options. What'd yeah, you get? it's a very meaty place. Like bestia literally means beast. So it's a you know, meaty place, but, uh, we got squid ink pasta, which for me is adventurous. Cause I'm usually like get the same, like few pastas when I go places and the squid ink pasta was very good. And then we got a Branzino because I do eat fish. I'm a squid ink fanatic. Oh, you are. Yeah. I love it. It's good. I didn't know what it would taste like. And it was really salty. I think it was, I was telling Jared, I watched a girl eat squid ink pasta on my semester abroad 20 years ago. And I was like, I don't like the way this looks. Her teeth turn black immediately. I was like, I hate this. But this didn't happen with the squidding pasta we had last night. No, one time I ran into Janelle James in the in New York and she was like, what's up with your mouth? And I had black all <laughs> over my mouth. And I said, oh, I was just eating squid ink pasta. And she goes, last time we hung out, you were eating chicken liver mousse. What's wrong with you? She's like, you're eating too many weird foods. And I was like, it is fucked that you've seen me this in one week eating all of these weird foods. But oh, my God, Janelle I was happy to hilarious. I have a weird thing that happened as well. Um, so, you know, I do my workout classes with Stacia Patwell, my school of thought. So she calls her like one of her programs, the junior high. Yeah. People called her a pedophile. She has to change the name. I saw her post. I saw her post because we follow each other. And I saw her post this morning going, I'm changing the name of junior high to something, something thought, thought certification. And I, and she goes, I can't believe I have to say this. And I was like, that's okay. I wonder what happened. Like I said, you're not a pedophile. People are crazy. You know, like what, who cares? And she goes, if more than one person thinks you're a pedophile, you have to change the name. But basically they implied that because the program was called junior high and her classes are school of thought that she's teaching children to be thoughts thoughts that's crazy but i also thought that i thought of it more like junior varsity because it's like yes you know it's like isn't it the low it's not the lower level but it's not as hard as the one-on-one no no, it is as hard but you do it with like a group training oh, right, right right instead of one-on-one so it's more yeah. affordable so it's like a junior high mini program yeah and people yeah. are like you're a pedophile. So I just thought that our audience would like to hear about pedophile news, you know, if okay. I'm being honest, you know, SVM. well, <laughs> speaking of um, sexual assault in the news, uh, Bill Cosby was released from jail in a insane turn of events. I still don't really understand what happened. Apparently one prosecutor told him you will not be prosecuted. And then the prosecutor that took that pot prosecutor's job ended up prosecuting him. And so they let him go based on the deal that the first prosecutor gave him. I refuse to read anything about it because I know it's just going to make me mad. And so I saw it. It's not it's not news to me that people don't care about sexual assault, um, but it is infuriating. It's just gross that he has never expressed any 
remorse at all. No, I don't think he thinks he did anything wrong. I think he is someone that thinks women are for being a wife or for me to drug you and and rape you. Like, I don't think he respects women at all. And, you know, with his traditional points of view, he's just a piece of shit. And I'm just annoyed. I'm annoyed and mad and angry and it's everything that's wrong with the system. And I really just don't want to have to argue with comedians about this <laughs> honestly yeah. well i understand that and so cosby got out of jail and someone that is remaining in jail is allison mack the actress who was instrumental in the nexium debacle with uh keith ranieri she got sentenced to three years in federal prison isn't federal prison like kind of more cushy like a little nicer than I think it's more safe. It's like more security or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Throw everyone in a fucking ditch. Um, (laughs) No. (laughs) That was my Soviet uh, vibes coming out. She'll be out in three years. She will serve a harsher crime than Bill Cosby. I mean, I would, it's, it's all too much. And I know we do a show about all this, but it is just too much sometimes. And right mm. now for future episodes, I'm researching one crime that's truly breaking my spirit. It oh. is um, the world is fucked. And sometimes it's just too much. I just could not read about Bill Cosby getting released. I just couldn't. You yeah. know, dozens and dozens of women over decades. Yeah, that cover, we shared it on our stories, but like that cover of... I think it's like the New York Times magazine or something that Marishka shared was or posted is like that really strikes you how many women are sitting there as Bill Cosby's victims. And we know this. And that's what pisses me off is like on top of all the abuse everyone goes through constantly, it's like the gaslighting and the diminishing of everything where it's like I just if I hear another person ever anywhere, even if they're not at my table, I will hit them like I don't care (laughs) if anyone ever again says, why doesn't you go to the cops? Just go to the cops, go to the courts. You deserve to be slapped in the face. That's my new policy. I am not engaging in that conversation anymore and i don't know how many more like evident like how many more examples we need to prove how fucked up our judicial system is when it comes to sex crimes yeah it's um it's very annoying and in many other ways i mean not just sex crimes but in a lot of things that deal with women i mean britney spears they just said today her appeal was denied to i didn't her see the removed but but listen, uh, what from what I read, that doesn't mean that it's over. It's like basically that was not in response to the 24 minute statement that she made. Like that's it's um from what I read, there's still hope. This is not the end, but it's crazy because this Hollywood producer, it's his mother who's the judge. So it is a female judge because people are saying, oh, this is sexist. Like a man would not be locked up like this or like the way that Britney is locked up you know, physically and emotionally and financially, but it is a female judge, but there is also, you know, internalized misogyny everywhere. So often I feel like old school feminism and the, like to get ahead, it was, how do I join the boys club? How do I get a seat at the table? And to get a seat at the table with the boys club, you have to act like a boy. You have to be a piece of shit. You have to join in the patriarchal ways. Like a Betsy DeVos is a good example. You know, like it's not like you bring your full femininity to the table and you achieve success at Bear Stearns, you know, like (laughs) you are hiding that and being as masculine as possible 
table. And the new wave or like how I feel is like, fuck the table. I don't want your table. I want my own table. I want my own rules. I don't want to fit into what you've created society to be. And that's how I feel about like maybe an old judge who's been around for a while. It's like you're following the rules of the patriarchy thinking like I need to keep being here and be the woman here versus like, you know, diving into your femininity and wanting your own system that you create. Cause I feel that way. And sometimes within comedy or like, if you look sometimes at like the women that truly succeed, they're not bringing other women around. They're Mm -hmm. not like, they're not suddenly like breaking down barriers. They're doing what they can to stay at that table and be the one woman at the table. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I think of when I see, um, old dumb bitches acting like (laughs) an old dumb bitch. Um, so that is how I feel. I also would like to add, um, shout out to everyone that I met in Philly. Oh yeah. It was so cool to see all you guys going out to see Lisa. That was really fun. And I was jealous and I'm hoping that we have more future no, opportunities. That's what to everyone meet. is excited to come see us. People asked about Oscar. Everyone <laughs> was great and everyone was cool. Like I met an author. I met some chefs that are juicing. People are listening to us at work every day. Kaylee, Tabitha, we went out. I mean, it was really fun meeting everyone that liked the pod. And I could tell who the pod people were in the audience. I'm like, oh, do you have bright yellow hair? I bet you listen to the pod, you know. Um, but then one girl had blue hair, did not listen to the pod. Hopefully she joins us. But she did come from rochester um but i partied too hard and i saturday night i was like i will not be going out i have work to do i have a 6 a.m flight i will behave what did i do i was smoking cigarettes in someone's hotel bathroom with the steam on uh, (laughs) until four in the morning and then packed and then at 4 30 the host drove me to the airport and then i had a hellish sunday night of traveling well i'm no (laughs) sleep Oh my God, Lisa. But Philly was fun. So our, it was just nice meeting everyone. So shout out to everyone. Oh, I met some fine artists. Yeah. Two fine artists. Yeah. Well, a lot of our listeners have very cool jobs. We get, we get emails from like private investigators, from freaking trial lawyers and like very cool jobs. This one uh, listener, um, I'll just say her name is Taylor because she didn't say if I could use her name, but she wrote us a message regarding the subway fish scandal that many of you have Uh, checked in with us about she wrote us a dm saying marine biologists here they test fish dna to make sure that markets are actually selling what they say they're selling tuna swordfish sharks are all high value fish but you can't tell the difference once they're a fillet there's been fraud that benefits the fishmongers or fishermen that are over under reporting what they catch so biologists struggle to monitor fish stocks anyway i just thought it was interesting that this is a big problem for subway but this has actually been a problem for a really long time she said and i was like it's cool you're no, this biologist. reminded me because yeah sushi had this issue people are like getting shittier fish and like just dying it or something like that yeah and like it's not real no marine biologists i've wanted to be one we've all wanted to be one we've all wanted to go to college in florida you know yeah i'm like you have that job that like every 11 year old says that they want to have like i'm gonna work with dolphins and i'm gonna live in florida yeah totally also marine biologists the name of a great seinfeld episode (laughs) one of the best i would say my top 10 episodes is that one so if you want to hit up seinfeld and you have not watched drag race and i'm behind on bravo so we can't even i started i'm halfway i honestly got halfway through their entrances so i'm i'm i started but i'm not very far in i'm gonna catch up this week well you've had in-laws now speaking of great episodes we gotta dive into today's great let's get this baby started 
All right. So now let's dive into I Deserve Some Loving Too, which is a, a more recent episode. This is season 21, episode 14. Actually, this episode aired literally a month before lockdown, pandemic lockdown in February of 2020. So feels like it's in our, our very immediate past. Uh, we open on Olivia in her building on the phone. She's in like a nice wood paneled elevator. I love like sort of getting to figure out like what neighborhood does Olivia live in? What kind of building, you know? Well, we find out she got a door guy, baby. Yeah, I was like, that's good that you live in a doorman building. I think you deserve that. I mean, there's a lot of people that don't like Olivia Benson walking around New York City. I mean, a lot of creeps, you know, so uh, it's good that she has a doorman. Not that that man, this man looks like he could defend her or anything, but he is kind of overly cheerful, like Miss Benson, you're male. Like it's it was it, I, I thought it was kind of weird. And then the whole opening of this episode is like, can everybody just leave Benson the fuck alone? Like uh, immediately her doorman bothers her. Then as soon as she leaves the building, uh, some jogger is like, Hey, and then a guy getting out of a cab goes, can I get a smile? And like literally fuck every, can I get a smile guy forever? Like, I think most women have agreed that you're not going to get a smile that way. And it's the most annoying thing to ask for. Well, so why do people need to smile? I don't understand why? that either. Yeah. What if I just got fired? Yeah. What if I just pissed myself? I mean, a lot of things could be happening. Honestly, I just want so I will. I now I'm having a lot of fantasies in my brain of punching people in the face. I think slowly men are learning that the smile thing is stupid, but I think that they also think it's just like a way to disarm a woman and like get to start flirting. And it's like, no, most women hate it. Most women hate it. Um, so we were following Olivia on her walk. And then we sort of transitioned to following this other hot woman as she walks down the street and she goes down into the subway and we see this guy notice her and follow her down into the subway. But this is midday. So you're not feeling like quite the you're not feeling quite the like ominous. There's an attack about to happen thing. So she, this woman gets on the subway. Then Cat Officer Tamine gets on the train and um, a guy on the train gives her eyes. So it's kind of like, what are we looking at? Are we just looking at like men being gross to women day to day in New York City? That's like what the setup is here. And we see this guy who followed the hot woman. We see him kind of like grinding up on the woman that he followed. And then Amanda Rollins gets on the train and she settles in between a couple of man spreaders. And then this original perv who followed the hot woman gropes another woman. And now he's like near. And every time he gropes a woman, the woman's like, hey, and he just kind of moves on, which I feel like I can relate to that. I think that that is like what happens, like somebody bumps up against you and they're like grinding on the back of your butt on the subway and then you're like ew and then they kind of just move away from you this was years ago i was on the train and i accidentally stepped on these girls sneakers a little i mean you know morning commutes are packed they're a little wild yeah. and she got mad and she was like don't fucking do that and i can't you know and then it happened again she's like i will fucking like she th fully threatened me and i go are you kidding she goes no and it's like, well, you should have saved your money and taken a car, bitch. Sorry. Like, you're going to come on the train with new shoes and be mad someone accidentally stepped right. on them. I got into a fight with a man on the subway with, for that exact same thing. And he 
I was with my young cousin who was like only 12 at the time or something. And I go, Oh, I'm sorry. Did I hurt your shoes? Like, cause he was getting so mad at me. And so I started like making fun of him. And then he was like, you fucking bitch. And was just sitting there like steaming at me. And I was just like, maybe I shouldn't be antagonizing this man while my young cousin is with me. Like this is bad. But I've been the opposite. I was high as hell once. And I guess my stuff was taking up more space than I thought. And some guy was like, Oh, look at you. You're just so selfish and inconsiderate. And I was like, what if I'm just high and reading a book asshole and like we got into a full ass fight because like i moved my coat but it's like you're assuming i was just like in my own world i don't know i've been on both sides lots of fights um everywhere well we could cut all of this because none of this is about groping or grinding it's just no. about us bothering people on the subway but you know um but basically this guy is just like moving from person to person groping them now he's near cat and the guy who originally gave cat eyes gives cat a signal and then she grabs the guy and goes got you grope a dope Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, and then this guy, Kat's obviously like not strong enough to hold him, I guess. He makes a run for it. This is like a full sting operation. The hot girl's in on it. The original hot girl who we followed into the subway as a cop. Rollins, Tamine, and the guy who gave cat eyes at the beginning and then gave her the signal is also a cop so four uh, undercover officers are like all in this operation to get a subway groper i'm not saying that that's like not a legitimate concern i just like i don't believe the nypd provides this kind of manpower no they're too busy busting churro ladies right well i was just uh, speaking of this guy starts tearing through the subway he destroys a churro stand like just fully like could have just run by it but instead like throws the churro stand like on the he smashes his cell phone throws it on the tracks he gets upstairs he turns his jacket inside out puts on a hat like he kind of knows what he's doing um then they finally like spot him they grab him and he keeps going wrong guy wrong guy i'm just on my way to work police brutality and like Police brutality is very, very real, but like this guy is fully guilty. Um, and the crowd starts chanting and going nuts. It's like a very intense scene just where like there's the subway can be already claustrophobic. And then you have like a scene where people are moving in on you and screaming and chanting and no one's listening to what you're saying. Like Ice-T tries to explain and he's like, he's a groper. Imagine if it was your daughter and no one cares. They're all just like in on the mob mentality. So it's kind of nuts. Um, and now we're at the precinct. Olivia is reviewing this bystander footage from the internet, which has, as she says, that one is viral as the flu. Good one, Liv. And she's kind of reviewing the footage with uh, deputy chief Christian Garland played by Demore Barnes. And, um, he's like, whose op was this? And it's the guy who gave the signal to cat is Sergeant Haseem Khaldun. Um, he's cutie. And he comes back in a few episodes, but this is his first appearance in the show. And he's part of, they literally are like the SVU subway unit. I think he's a transit. He's in the transit unit, but they say it's the SVU subway unit. And I'm like, is that a thing? Anyway, they were trying to target serial grinders. I don't know how you do that. I mean, that's literally like finding an ant in an anthill that is like a, an asshole ant. Like there's just so many fucking people in the subway every day. People take different routes. They, they stay in different cars. Like, I mean, I just don't know how you find serial gropers. I guess, I don't know. There's probably footage, I, I suppose, but it just seems like a lot. So in this like sting that they set up, they snagged three gropers. 
They're all at the precinct being interrogated at the same time. I don't, this is like television magic. Um, so there's like, you know, they're all like, I don't know, my hand slipped. And then another guy's like, what do you want me to do? It's like springtime. Everybody's took their coats off. Like I'm a, like everybody's, these guys are creeps. And then the third guy is who we're interested. This is the guy who we followed uh, at, from the beginning of the episode who ran. Um, and his name is Dwayne Varick. He's a data clerk for the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration uh, department. He's too hot to be a Dwayne. Oh, I was about to say he's too hot to be a Dwayne, but Dwayne the Rock Johnson, never mind. Dwayne <laughs> is rebranded as a hot guy name. <laughs> Did you think because of like Dwayne Wayne from a different world, maybe Dwayne was more of a, I thought he was cool. Yeah, I, I take all of this back. Dwayne are <laughs> only hotties because then Dwayne Wade, I think, is pretty beloved too. So Dwayne is saying that all this touching was accidental and they're like, okay, why did you run, destroy your phone and change outfits? Because you're a cab. I mean, that's not really, he's like, well, my dad had that conversation a long time ago with me. Like, and then Demore Barnes is like, okay, he's playing the race card. And now he's playing his lawyer card, but like, no one is buying it. This guy is clearly like, he's just like a little bit too cocky. I don't know if it's cause he has like a federal job and he knows how the system works and how you can just kind of lie your way through things. But he's, uh, definitely a creepo. Um, they want to check his computers, at least his work computer, but Homeland security is going to throw up roadblocks. So lives like, what if we don't ask? So now they're at the office of Rory O'Toole, who is a man whose Irish name is matched only by his extremely Irish face. This man looks very, very Irish. He's played by Jeremy Bob, who has also been in two other episodes of SVU as different characters, including Lessons Learned, which we have recently covered. And we know him from Russian Doll. Do you remember he's a character in Russian Doll? I do. Yeah, which is a show we both love. Sweet birthday, baby. Um, anyway, so we're at Rory O'Toole's office at the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Department, and he's talking to Benson and Fanny. He's like, yeah, Dwayne works for me. We vet, we vet marriages to make sure they're legit and that they're not green card romances. They ask O'Toole if they can see Dwayne's computer, and he's like, I got to go through proper channels. And they're like, well, if we were to subpoena you, this would look pretty bad for your office, and it would turn you guys into a punchline. And they're like, look, you're an investigator. Why don't you check out his search history? And if there's anything creepy, let us know. Flash forward to the precinct. They've obviously looked and found many upskirt photos on this guy's work computer. This is a class E felony. And uh, they didn't need a warrant because it was, he has a job at a federal building. So his work computer was up for grabs. Now, Dwayne is like, all right, I'm screwed. And he uses his bargaining chip which is he claims that O'Toole, his boss, is actually the perv. He wants to make a deal. He claims that O'Toole has been holding up green cards in exchange for sex. Like he basically will target young women that face uh, like religious or political persecution back in their country. So they're too scared to go home. They have a couple red flags in their applications for green cards with their husbands. And uh, he basically is like, have sex with me or I'll deport you. So they're like, what's the proof? What proof does Dwayne have of this? And they're like, one time he took a file off his desk and came back the next day smiling and said, the best cure for blue balls is a green card. And I'm like, okay, well, it seems like they need a little bit more like evidence than that. But he does give them a victim name. So now they're questioning Lena Vasquez Boyd. She admits 
that he questioned her three times out of the office and she says she did what she had to do. So she essentially admits that this guy did assault her and um, but she can't testify because she can't go back to Guatemala and she loves her husband and he's been cheated on and he's sensitive and doesn't want to like she doesn't want him to know. So now Finn and Benson are debriefing Garland. They're like, he basically will meet the couple at his office and then he'll say he needs to meet the women separately and he'll meet them in his minivan and basically say, you want the green card? I deserve a little loving too. Now that is the name of the episode is I deserve some loving too. And it's also like this guy's catchphrase. It's very strange. Like, why would you keep repeating that sentence. Well, this is not the first time there a perp has a signature little saying. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I guess there's like the tell me that you like it guy or whatever. Yeah, or like I'm a bad boy. I, I mean, there I feel like it's a pl- it's a thing that happens pretty often. For me though, like forcing someone to say something is more of like a power play than just being like, "Hey, I deserve some loving too." To keep saying, "Hey, I deserve some loving too" is weird, I think. But this guy is weird, so you're right. It's not that crazy to have a signature catchphrase when you're a creep. Also, but- the bo- both of us repeat things constantly. We can't, <laughs> we can't fault this guy. Yeah, but not every time. It's not just about repetition. It's like having this dorky line that you say every time you're trying to like assault a woman. You're like. I deserve some loving too. Like, it's just weird. I think it's a strange little line. Impressive that it's 21 letters though. Yes. I was going to say they also had to, maybe they had to hammer it home because they were so excited that they found a 21 letter name. Well, I also wonder if they came up with the title. Oh, no, they couldn't. Like if they came up with the title, squeezed that in or made it. So it had to be 21 and used it. Or was it just in there? And they're like, can we use it? I mean, it would be fine if he if they said it one time in the episode, but they mention it three times. They're like, this is his thing that he says all the time. It's just interesting. So basically, if these women turn him down, they'll get deported or they end up in ICE detention. So Finn and Olivia want to access his computers and phone records. But Garland is like, this is ICE. Like, we're going to need more corroboration. We're going to need more names. So now Rollins and Caldoun, who is this um, cutie from the subway unit, are now at a pho restaurant where they ask to see Rosamie Klein. She immediately like books it. She says, oh, I'll go get her for you. And then she books it out of there. And and the thing is, I love that. I think it's one of my favorite things, but she just sped walks too fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. if she just waited three more seconds to speed walk, she could have maybe gotten away. If she played it a little bit more chill, yeah. they probably wouldn't have noticed. <laughs> She'd be halfway down in Queens somewhere. Anyway, so they tell her, you're not in trouble. We just want to talk to you about O'Toole. She goes, he never touched me. And it's like, we didn't even ask you about him touching you. So he definitely touched you. Um, and she says, like, I love my husband. Go away. Leave me alone. And basically, like, runs away from that. Well, I wanted to mention, and I know I've mentioned the, this podcast. This is actually happening multiple times. But there was one woman... I've talked about her, but she, her dad uh, raped her for years. And she was saying how when you are an immigrant or a person of color, like you are raised or like an immigrant who needs a green card, um, you're raised to not trust authority and like not tell anyone anything. So when things do happen, you're just like, you don't trust these people at all. Right. Right. Ever. Of course, you're going to run away. I'm sure she was taught, like, don't ever fucking talk to a uniform person, you know? Right. Completely. So now we're meeting a third victim, Maggie Quigley, who is in ICE detention. She's Irish and she explains to Kat how her husband and her sailed through four interviews. And then O'Toole says he needs to meet with her one more time 
picks her up in a minivan with a mattress in the back, tells her, I'll give you a green card uh, and your husband can bang you whenever he wants. And then he says, I deserve some loving too. So now we're like getting the catchphrase is what is like linking them all. But it's like, we all know who this man is. There's records of him being with you. So I don't know that we need the catchphrase to connect, but. So she told him to fuck off and now she's in ICE detention and she says she can't testify or her husband will get deported too. And he's also on a green card. So, um, Carisi is like, we can ask the U S attorney for a warrant on the minivan, but then the feds will take the case and they won't fight for these women. So Benson comes up with the idea. Let's like, let's, create some of our own victims. Let's like set up a trap, like an undercover op. She's got contacts at Homeland security that can push through a visa application or a green card application. And she's got other undercover officers who can do it. Cut to Rollins and Caldoun quizzing each other on their fake relationship. What side of the bed do you sleep on? You spoon me, blah, blah, blah. It's getting kind of flirty. We can see the spark or two flying between these two and then enter Carisi. Awkward. He's not quite picking up on their sexual chemistry yet, but we are. And they sort of role play an interview and Greasy seems like pissed off at like how cutesy they're acting. He's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, anyway, how'd you two meet? Like, it's really funny to see him getting jealous over this undercover like role play scenario that they're doing. So now the interview sort of segues into the real interview. This fake interview turns into the real interview where they're talking to, um, O'Toole is talking to Caldoun and then Rollins. And, you know, she's telling him what they like to eat. And for Valentine's Day, they're going to stay home and order food from two different places. And he says that's romantic. I say I could not live like that. I could not live with somebody where we had to constantly order from two different places because our food types were so different. Lisa? It doesn't bother me at all. I love ordering from multiple places, even if we can all eat the same thing. Mm, it's like a mm, thing mm, i enjoy mm. i love ordering sushi and pizza in one meal to me it's like we're double paying the delivery fee i can't i can't abide that as a fiscally frugal jew i just can't yeah, do it leave the jewness out of it because i'm a jew and i love spending money you're just <laughs> a frugal girl on your own listen <laughs> okay i'm not saying all jews are frugal i'm saying i'm a frugal jew like I just am like, why would we both order from two different restaurants? There's gonna be two different delivery fees, two different tips, two different service fees, all that shit. Well, because I also do it when we hang out as friends. Like I've gotten from different places than you before or I'm in the mood for this. I'll just get this. Who cares? We're adults. We all get to eat what we want. Yes, we all get to eat what we want. But I'm saying in a romantic relationship where you're like you're ordering food together a lot. And I just don't think I could abide that. I I mean, I don't like when people don't eat seafood. That bothers me. So I get that. Like if, it, but sure. If there's one thing and it's like once in a, like we have a friend who's married to someone allergic to seafood. And so sometimes she'll just get seafood with us because she can't get it with him. Sure. I'm just saying that's not a romantic Valentine's Day for me. Find something on the menu. No, for (laughs) me, the worst part is dating someone that would abide by a religion. Like, that's the problem. Like, (laughs) we could get like, you'll get Middle Eastern food. I'll get Well, I love Middle Eastern. food. There's really nothing I wouldn't get. This would have to be my this future romantic person. But um, the food is the least problems I would have than you know like he's probably doing ramadan that seems like more (laughs) hard to deal with than like just ordering different things okay and he doesn't drink that's now that's a problem (laughs) 
that's harder, right? Like someone that just never, yeah. ever drinks. Like ordering I, from yeah. different places is the least of this fake couple's worries. You're also like not boozing together. And you're also like fully, immer- like, is he praying five times a day? That's worse to me than a delivery fee. <laughs> Listen, I've seen people be together where one's a drinker and one's not. And it seems to work out better. Food to me seems like it would be a problem, but. You know what, Lisa? That's part of what makes our friendship crackle is that we disagree. (laughs) So listen, um, he points out, this guy points out that there's an economic disparity between uh, Amanda, Amanda's fake character's name, Mandy, and this guy's fake character's name is Fawad. So she's like, there's an economic disparity between you and Fawad. There's an age difference and there's religious differences. These are all going to be red flags. So he's just kind of planting the seed with her, like, there are red flags in your application, just so you know. And he's like, I might need to meet you one more time and don't tell Fawad. So we know he's already taken the bait. I mean, it's Rollins. She's hot. He's going to take the bait. He picks up Rollins in the minivan. You can like see the pillows and the mattress in the back. Like it's sick. It's like cover that up with like a blanket or something. Um, he wants her to ask her some intimate details, like how often they have sex. Like these are, these would automatically make me flee a car. I don't know why you'd even get in a minivan with a guy from your, your citizenship place, but obviously (laughs) people feel they need to do what they have to do. Um, and he's basically like, I have something you need. You have something I want. I want you to make love to me. Like you do to Fawad. I want you to do it two or three times. And then he can have his green card. And Rollins is going, are you saying I have to sleep with you? And O'Toole goes, I'm saying I deserve some loving too. Again, with the catchphrase. So then at, right after like this moment, the squad moves in, they arrest O'Toole. So now top of act three, we meet defense attorney, John Buchanan. We don't meet. We're reunited with, we obviously <laughs> see him all the fucking time. He's the worst, but he's a great actor. He's played by Delaney Williams. He's like the worst, but the best. It's like, you love him, but you hate him. Well, his Twitter bio is like, I'm the guy you love to hate. Exactly. <laughs> he knows. Exactly. He knows. He knows. And he's great. We're going to, we got to get him on this podcast. I love him. He's claiming his client's job is to uncover phony marriages and that he succeeded. This was a fake marriage. And they're like, he's been extorting sex in exchange for green cards. And she's and he's like, no, it was all a test. Uh, the mattress is just there to keep up the ruse. It's like, OK, what? Like, I, I don't understand how anybody would believe this. And Carisi's kind of on our side. He's like, no, none of this is DHS protocol and jurors will not buy it. So they can't really they're feeling like their case is not strong enough with basically like just the undercover sting. Like you don't have any of the actual victims that he has assaulted you know two of them are afraid of their husbands finding out the third is in ice detention and worried that her husband is going to get deported so carisi's like take a run at them all again rollins and caldoon go back to rosamy she's like we i can't break eddie's heart eddie shows up and they pretend that they're investigating robberies or whatever then they go i mean this sucks yeah it just sucks like all the women like oh these guys can't find out it's like if they're mad, don't I, you're going to be mad that right. someone was assaulted. It's just so fucking annoying. It's it's it sucks that two of these victims are literally placing everything on the fact that their husbands are like fragile and can't feel cheated on and can't feel like while they're being abused like, to be able to stay in the country. Fu- yes. yes, you've been fully like sexually assaulted and blackmailed. It's like those period machines where guys are like falling over and the women are like, I don't feel a thing. It's like, <laughs> oh, I just saw a video of that. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's uh, or just like that there was a male birth control, but there were too many side effects. So they stopped working on it. Yes. And it's like, wait, but we have side effects. It's just yeah. it's crazy that these women are fully being abused. Everything's on their shoulders. And they're like, my guy's too jealous. I can't let him know I was assaulted. It's right. So, or it's so like, it's honestly, it's like, it's like cuck culture. It's like, I can't cuck my husband like that. Like, I can't let him be like a cuck when like. Are you kidding me? Like, you are the victim here. It's just so fucked up. Anyway, one of my favorite Kara Clank jokes is uh, not trusting men to take birth control. Yeah, thank, thank you. That is one of my jokes. It's a great Check joke. out my album. Check out my album. It's got a good joke about how men handle birth, would handle birth control. Um, thank you, Hannah. Um, let's see. Okay. Yeah, so it's just like, it's just fucked up. So now we go to the Irish woman, Maggie, and um, they tell her, like, you were concerned about your husband getting deported, but now that O'Toole is under indictment, he's his hands are tied and he would not be able to touch your husband. So she's like, okay, let's do it. I'll get this visa. I'll be able to stay here. Great. Though her testimony, what I was thinking is like, her testimony's not as damning because he never had sex with her. Like she rejected him. So he could always make up some other reason why she's getting deported. So I thought, I, I don't think she's necessarily the greatest witness. I think they definitely need two, one or two of the other women. And um, she seems hesitant to let them talk to Patrick. So then we find out why. Finn and Kat go to Patrick's place and he's got a little surprise guest, a, a shirtless little cutie right out of the shower being like, is that the takeout, babe? So it turns out that Patrick is gay. Maggie is gay. They are just beard city for each other. And they are just both trying to get green cards. I don't really know why their marriage, why they need to be married to each other. Yes. Yeah, since they both need, they them. both need green cards. So I don't really know where the logic is there. That's a plot hole. Yeah. Why would you need to pretend to be straight and marry each other? Are they giving green cards to people that are married more? I don't really know. Um, if you know, please tell us. Benson is talking to Lena at some Chuck E. Cheese-esque place. And she's like, well, I'm glad that you arrested O'Toole. But my husband is like in full paranoia mode. He's text looking at my texts. He's constantly asking me if I'm cheating on him. Like, I'm stressed. He's following me. He's like, you know, I, I can't let him know about this. And Benson's like... Benson notices she has a welt on her face. And so we are getting the idea also that Lena's husband, Joe, is bad. Like he is, has hit her and he is controlling and abusive. Benson tells her, we can get you a U visa, which means you don't have to stay married to Joe. Like a U visa is for a victim of a crime. You don't have to stay married to Joe. And then she's like, she seems torn, but she's ultimately like, I can't keep living like this. And I'm just going to testify. So that seems like a win. We've got Lena. So Rosamie's out. Maggie's Maggie Quigley's marriage was a sham. And uh, now we've got at least we've got Lena and uh, Hadid is apparently not Vanessa Hadid, who we don't see in this episode, but she is referenced is not backing down on this case. Uh, his lawyer suggested some kind of misconduct slap on the wrist charge. And she was like, fuck that, which is weird because Hadid is so like yeah. in love with the establishment. Well, she I think she's in love with like kind of closing things out. And like this could have just been closed out with this little slap on the wrist. But I don't know. I guess in absentia, they're trying to make her seem like she's more for the victims. Um, so she wants a minimum of rape, three felony misconduct and receiving a bribe. Liv argues that threatening to return them to their countries where they face violence supports forcible compulsion, which is rape one. 
So Carisi argues that's kind of a harder case to make. Um, So they're really counting on Lena to be there, like make sure she shows up. And whenever they say make sure she shows up, that's an SVU guarantee that they ain't going to show up or something is going to go wrong. So they're now in court and Dwayne is testifying, saying that the women that O'Toole requested were young, attractive, diverse and desperate. These are the women that he requested their files be pulled and they were all terrified of being deported. And he called it his Baskin Robbins file, one in every flavor. That's a very like 1990s joke, but I'll allow it. Um, the, the judge is judge Felicia Catano, who is played by Aida Tortoro, who has appeared in a dozen SVU apps as this character and is known for playing Janice Soprano. I've never watched the Sopranos, but that is her big role that she's known for this judge. Um, Buchanan makes it seem like Dwayne is making up the story to save his own ass because he brings up that the guy got busted for, you know, serial groping. So then, um, Caldoun testifies, Rollins testifies, basically Buchanan's just being a piece of shit the whole time. And like trying to imply that, um, O'Toole was really just trying to trick Rollins into cheating on her husband to prove that the marriage is a scam. Um, outside the courtroom, Lena shows up. So she does show up. But she will not show out. Lena tells Benson that she cannot testify, that she just found out she's pregnant. And she's like, I'm praying the baby looks like Joe. My baby needs a father. If Joe thinks it's O'Toole's baby, she like doesn't know what he's going to do. So she's out. And you can kind of feel for her, I guess, on that. Like, there's one thing to stay in the country and be able to like live your life, but to support a child on your own when you have no support system. And you can't go back to your home country. I can kind of see why she doesn't want to testify. But also, I hope she leaves this husband. Yes, I do, too. Yeah, I do, too. I do, too. Because this is also showing, like, the desperation and fucked upness where it's like, she's also stuck in this marriage she probably doesn't really want to be in so she can stay here. It's not like she's living this awesome life she's dreamt of. Yeah. Yeah, true. So Carisi asks for continuance. The judge gives him till 9 a.m. tomorrow. Classic SVU time crunch. Um, Buchanan goes, and at that time, I'll be moving for a dismissal. And the judge is like, slow your roll. Like, I really love her. Um, She doesn't really let Buchanan get away with shit. And Buchanan then says to Carisi, should have taken the deal, Detective Carisi. And this is when you know that Carisi's going to win because, like, there's just no way they're going to let him disrespect him like that. And then, like, the episode's (laughs) going to end. Like, you know, Carisi's going to come out on top. So Rollins and Khaldun are chatting and he's like, let's try Rosamie Klein one more time. And Khaldun's like, I can talk to Eddie Jew to Jew. So it turns out he's Jewish on his mom's side, Muslim on his dad's side. They go to Rosamie's apartment. She opens the door. There's, it's kind of heartwarming, but it's also this like way too much scene where like Eddie and the daughter are at the piano, like playing a song together. And it's like, it's very cutesy. And then Khaldun starts speaking Hebrew to Eddie. And he's like, all right, let him in. And it's like, Eddie seems like a nice guy. I feel like you should, he would have just let you in. But the Hebrew is what really. Also the, the opposite. If someone came to my door speaking Russian, I would, I would slam the door so fast in their face. <laughs> That would be the opposite effect for me. That's so funny. That's really funny. Why? It's suspicious. Get out of here. What are you trying to trick me with our commonalities? You know what I mean? Like, oh, you're trying to relate to me. So I got my guard down so you can fuck with me. I don't think so. 
So Rollins goes into like the Rollins is in the bedroom talking to Rosamie with her cute little daughter sitting on her lap. She's really sweet. And like, I would she's tell the daughter, of, like, why don't you step outside while we talk yeah, about my assaults? Like, go read a little book. Go play with a doll. And instead, she's just like sitting on her lap, like staring at Rollins while Rollins is like, we need you to testify. <laughs> and then Caldoun sits down with Eddie and Eddie kind of explains the backstory that he was a wedding pianist and Rosamie was a wedding caterer and they met and fell in love and she converted to Judaism and they have this beautiful baby. And then he starts telling this hypothetical story, Caldoun, about how, you know, a man and a woman have a beautiful life. But then and it's just this it's this kind of this like silly storytelling thing where it's like, why can't you just fucking tell him what's up? Like, because we're trying to protect men's like fragile egos. Um, but Eddie well, knows they immediately. So like they kind of trick us with like the Lena's husband being a shithead and Rosamie being so scared about her husband's reactions. We kind of expect him to also be a jerk. Like the whole yeah. episode. I'm hating this guy. I'm like, fuck this guy. And he's actually seems he's like a, a super nice, nice guy. guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's a wedding pianist. So like, yeah, there there he seems sweet. And it feels like he had to go through all this like a storytelling to get to it but he could have just said like look this is a, this is the situation and eddie knows immediately he goes does this story involve o'toole and then we cut to court um and carisi says he plans to call maggie quigley i don't understand why because she's completely not credible now like that she was faking her if you if i was buchanan you'd be like you're the reason you're in ice detention is because you lied about being in this marriage again why is she marrying another another person without a green card to get a green card we found a hole but then he says and i plan to call rosamie klein and on that note rosamie walks in the doors like a champion rollins is with her it's like it looks really it's just really like she's this slight little woman with like big glasses and she's there like fuck you dog like i'm here to put you away and you can see O'Toole's face just kind of like melts and like he kind of knows he's he's got got and carisi says O'Toole's gonna fold and Olivia goes make it hurt all right Benson and then the next morning Buchanan and O'Toole show up at Creasy's office and Creasy's like I'm gonna bump the charges up and then O'Toole really reveals himself to not only be a rapist but to be a full racist he's like I'm on the front lines of a foreign invasion I'm protecting our borders he's like essentially a proud boy like he's he's even grosser than we thought he was before it's like you took a night to sleep on it and you decided to come with to the DA and tell him how actually horrible you are great strategy um so we get we actually get a really great monologue from Carisi here like he has a really good chunk of dialogue here that is really really great and then at the end he's just like they came here hoping for the american dream and you made their lives a nightmare so it's a very new york accent heavy monologue and i'm i'm liking carisi in this monologue um so eventually o'toole takes the deal he gets rape three three counts for each victim and he's going to prison for 15 years hell yeah i wonder what happened to Dwayne. i hope Dwayne got something because Ugh, subway gropers can just literally fuck off they're disgusting well that's that's the big issue when people are like oh it's not that big of a deal or there needs to be levels or there's a gray area or come on why are you complaining it's like because they're creeps and they want to do it all the time they know they're going to get away with it and that's what makes them want to keep doing it yeah. you know what i mean like every yeah. little thing every lower back touch matters yeah. And if you think that they're going to be they're going to settle for a lower back touch. No, they're going to move on to a denim grinding. Then they're going to move on to a fucking fully like groping someone in an alley. Like it's only going to escalate for a lot of these guys, you know. Anyway, 
Carisi is like in the straight station telling uh, Benson everything. And he gives Rollins like full credit for getting Rosamie to testify. See, this makes him pathetic again. You know, we're like, fuck yeah, great monologue, Carisi, sexy, sexy. And then it's like, ah, Roll, I don't know why. It's like, oh, come on. She doesn't like you. Like, come on, yeah. bro. He basically is trying to give Rollins all the credit. And Benson is like, actually, Khaldun is the one that got the husband to understand by speaking Hebrew. And he's like, he just hates the praise that people are giving Khaldun and he's mad about it. And then Creasy goes, where is Rollins? And Benson's like, fuck if I know, I'm busy. And then they cut to Khaldun and Rollins on a little date together at Rosamie's re- uh, pho restaurant that they were at to originally to find her. They tell her basically... O'Toole's going to prison. He's going to jail for 15 years. I mean, he's absolutely going to be in the Aryan nation there, right? Like that's, he's going to have full Hitler tattoos in like 10 minutes. Um, And Rosamie says that her and Eddie talked for a really long time. He's so sad what I had to go through. Like everything's better now, better than before. We have no more secrets. And I kind of love SVU making marriages stronger. It's nice. And then touched by her words, Rollin touches Khaldun's hand. And you can kind of see that these two are really hot for each other. And then Dick Wolf. I know, but then we never see the romance again. Like, even in current, there's like maybe flirting, but it's like, they held hands. Where's this going? He just came back in an episode this season where he like brought her coffee. This current season that's on television right now. Or season 22 that just ended, actually. And... You can still see the flirtation there, but yeah, we don't see slow a lot game, of slow game. Yeah. They'll decide whether they're going to bring that guy back for a lot more, whether they're going to like give everybody the releasey love that they want. But anyway, let's take a quick break and then I'm excited for you to tell me. I mean, excited. I'm interested for you to tell me about the horrible people who do these crimes in real life. <laughs> Listen, we're all SVU fans. We love a family drama. We love a mystery to solve. And you got to get hooked into a story with the details. You need the visuals. You need the storylines with the twists and the turns. And that is what June's Journey has and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young girl on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murderer. Dun, 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 dun. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. The game is filled with all these beautiful detailed scenes from the 20s, like lavish estates and gardens. And of course, little hidden clues are everywhere. There's twists, turns, catchy tunes. It all takes you deeper into this storyline. And if you play well enough, you can make it into the detective club. And there you can chat with other players and even compete with or against them, which is pretty exciting. And you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed. And can you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. Okay, love that. And guess what? It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. All right, we are back, um, and we're going to talk about the cases that inspired this episode. There's a couple of them. Um, I just wanted to give background on ICE. 
Immigration and Customs Enforcement. And that was only formed March 1st, 2003. And it was like a reactionary thing to 9-11. And I just don't want anyone to be confused that it is not... ICE does not patrol American borders. Um, That is done by... United States Border Patrol and U.S. Customs and Border Protections. They're like sister agencies, but ICE is a completely separate thing um, because the Border Patrol people have obviously a lot of bad things and sexual abuse and child human trafficking and a lot of things happening in so many articles and other SVU episodes based on horrific things happening at the border. But these are separate horrific things. So. Just wanted to give that background. And before we get into it, ice sucks. I want ice shut down. And it's one of those things where when people are like, oh, but it's always been here. It hasn't. You know what I mean? If ice was a human, it couldn't get into a bar. Okay. (laughs) This idea that we like, you know, oh, but it's part of our thing. And it's like, nah, it wasn't. And we should see a system outside of it. And same when we think about like, Police, where it's like we just because it's been here, we see it like we can't have a world without it and we have to Mm -hmm. expand our brains. So just a little minister session right there. (laughs) (laughs) But um, okay, so also with researching this, it was like so hard to find anything past the initial charges. And like I think it's because these People were within ICE that it's like controlled as fuck and they're not give. It's like if something happened in the army, you know, like, yeah, I was even trying to find photos of them for like our social media little posters that we do. And like, there's nothing like, yeah. There's another, so there's two guys. So it's based on two cases. One is John Jacobs Olivas, and then the next one is is Wilfredo Rodriguez. And there is another Wilfredo Rodriguez who did steal a car, and I found his photo, but <laughs> different. <laughs> different, different. Um, but yeah, it was like really hard to find anything, and I think it's just because it's the government and they want to keep all of this under wraps. Mm-hmm. So the John Jacobs Olivas case, um, 2018, He sexually assaulted two women and told them both that the police wouldn't do anything about it because he's a special agent at ICE. So one woman was assaulted in January 2012, and then the next woman was assaulted in September and November of that year. He pleaded not guilty to three counts of deprivation of rights under color of law. What does that mean? I think it's like, you know... If like you're a corrections officer and you're raping an inmate, it's like, oh, people, yeah, it's like using your position, using your position. Yeah. Like if it's um, no matter what, if someone's incarcerated under your control or in trouble or you're a governmental agency, like it's automatically assault because you have full control over them. And he is a current inmate at Chuckawalla Valley State Prison in California. Okay, so he got some jail time, then. I guess. But I'm also scared. Like, it's an official, like, the things I was Googling. Um, but this was, like, a corrections org where you try to find inmates, and then there's a phone number where you could set up a, a time to visit them. So it's that kind of a website. So it's just the minimal information. Like, I just know that he is in prison, but nothing else. Got and it. then a part of me is scared that it's a totally different guy that I just found in jail. So I don't know, like it was, there was not a lot. And like what I found was the article, all the articles kept saying the same thing over and over and over again. It's like they had a press release and that was that. Like there was no digging around in any way. 
Um, so that's that. And then the next case is Wilfredo Rodriguez. And so this um, happened to a woman who was living in Connecticut and we'll call her Jane Doe. Her name has not been released. And she first met um, this ICE agent in 2006. So she's Honduran and her brother was arrested for entering the U.S. illegally. And once he found out that she, too, was undocumented, he made her become um, an like an informant to help the immigration agency if she wanted to avoid deportation. Um, and she did it, obviously. Um, and so while being an informant, she helped the agency locate criminals uh, by pointing them to different people. And she pointed to three men living in the U.S. illegally who had stabbed her husband. Oh so God. even though it like sucks, she's an informant. I wonder if a piece of her was like, I get to fuck over these guys who stabbed my husband. Yeah. But. I don't, I mean. This sounds like a movie. Okay, go on. Yeah. Um, A year later, he told her to go to a motel to, like, locate someone for her informant position. But instead, he sexually assaulted her in the motel. When she rejected his advance, he threw um, her on the bed, covered her mouth, put his gun next to her, and said if she opened her mouth, he would shoot her. And then he raped her. Um, And he would call himself the wolf. That's just a fact. That was yeah. Sad. You're so fucking cool, dude. So maybe that's where the um, slogan came from. Like having, I don't know, for the episode. Maybe that's a stretch. Yeah. Instead of him, they knew that this guy with the Irish face could not pull off. Like, call me the wolf. So instead, they were <laughs> had him say, "I deserve some loving too." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So then he raped her as often as four times a week for seven <gasps> years. Oh my god! Stop it. Yeah. A long ass time. Um, these assaults resulted in three pregnancies and three abortions. And this fuck had only paid for one of the abortions. Oh, my God. This poor woman. She attempted suicide four times. Oh, um, and her lawyer, George Kramer, he made a comment that was like, um, that his client only had one choice to cooperate with ICE or be deported with her whole family. So it's like she didn't really have a choice. Um, so that sucks. Yeah. And it's just like pretty fucked up that ICE can wield total control over the ability to remain in the U.S. They're like very powerful and seems like no one good controls it and they can just do whatever they want. It also seems very like disorganized, like no one's really like. Hey, I'm here for the wrong reason. Like there's just a lot of like translation problems and like somebody like this man could just like abuse the system and send her back into the ice like deportation system without her really ever being able to be like, but actually my paperwork's in order and I'm on my way to have this done, you know, like. Because it seems so disorganized. Yeah, we have a friend who's old friend from her past um, married someone who works at ICE and they stopped talking to them or going to their house. Like to me, it's like being part of the Gestapo. Like you're not a good person if you join ICE. I'm sorry. Um, So it's like it's just a suspicious organization. Like if I was at a bar and someone's like, oh, yeah, I work at ICE. I'd be like, bye. Like (laughs) I would not keep engaging. Like I just don't feel like great. Great people want to do that. I don't get it. Sure. Um, 
In 2014, she was working her construction job and she received a call from him wanting sex and demanding sex. And it stressed her out so much. She fell off of her ladder and got injured. And she's had surgeries after that. And she thought that would stop him, but it didn't. And he kept threatening her and her family. Um, Her dad was in the process of getting asylum. And so another agent approached her about her father's application, just you know, run of the mill type of work. And she opened up to them and was like, listen, this, everything, this has happened, like, and told this agent everything. And the agent suggested she consult an attorney. So this was an inside job. This is kind of how like the AT&T guy that came to my house told me to get Spectrum. (laughs) It's like, okay. So, but I'm, you know, I'm grateful that this agent actually was helpful towards her because he could have probably done the opposite. Um, This went to civil court, but nothing criminal has happened yet. She sued the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement and former ICE agent Rodriguez seeking $10 million in damages. And I don't know what happened. And that's that. There's just nothing about what happened. No, if I found it, I definitely would tell you. I don't think I'd keep yeah. secrets from everybody. But, uh, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like that's really wild that there's no follow up on that. It makes me wonder because like, that's public record. Are civil cases public record, though? I think so. Because I know like sometimes if you sign an agreement or make a deal, like you can't talk about it or something. Lawsuits like that. are filed in civil courts and the documents filed in these civil cases are presumed to be open to the public. I think you can also have a... I think there can be an adjudication that is sealed, like for like an amount, amount, perhaps mm-hmm. like they settled for an undisclosed amount or whatever. But I yeah. think the fact that they're still in process or whatever, that's so wild. This makes me feel like it's like full conspiracy. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, on it's like everything is purple, purple, purple and nothing is fucking. It's always like she's seeking this much in damages. And those articles are from, I mean, 2019. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's possible that her um, lawsuit was held up by COVID as well, but hopefully we find out soon. Yeah, I mean, I hope she gets the money. I hope this guy goes to jail and I don't get why there's no criminal charges either, because it's not like the statute of limitations is up. If he was raping her for seven years, that means the most recent rapes were like in the 20 you know, 2015 well, or something. And he was right. I mean, the whole thing, well, not him, but like the other guy where it's like, nothing's going to happen. No cop's going to investigate. No one gives a shit. And it's like, it is true. That girl was like raped by an army base and left there. Like nothing happens. Like, and there's been SVU episodes about it. Like when you're within the government and these big government agencies that get billions of dollars, like they don't actually have to do anything. It's scary. Ugh. Being assaulted in the military or ICE or like if you're someone not as powerful it seems really difficult to get things going or moving i mean even for regular people that have been sexually assaulted going to the police doesn't always do something right i mean and then there's police officers that are doing it like that yeah fucking disgusting rapist cops that do that you know yeah and and so many i mean that's why people don't report their sexual abuses often because they don't end up going to court these people don't get up getting convicted they're protected by all this mumbo jumbo and it's fucked up yeah there's just it's some there's something just so much more disgusting about um like assaulting some i mean assault is assault is assault it's obviously all horrible but like just when you're doing it 
to somebody repeatedly because they have no way out, like you're abusing your power. It's just like an extra layer of horrificness. And SVU always says, spanning all the seasons, like the uh, predators know how to pick their victims. Yeah. You know, well, exactly what the the guy did in this. Like he did, he wasn't picking like he wasn't picking people that had like a really strong case for their green card or people that were, you know, I mean, it's almost surprising that they use the Irish story because the Irish story wouldn't have worked out. And, and oh, no, it was Belfast. It was like they made it seem like he couldn't go back to Belfast because maybe there was political stuff going on there because Northern Ireland has some political stuff going on. You know, it wasn't like, oh, no, I'm going to get deported back to Italy or, you know, whatever. Like it's it was more people that were you you could be killed if you go home, you know, like you something horrible awaits you if you're deported. So so fucked up. It is fucked up. So these are the two cases that this episode is based on, but I think we both know this probably happens all the time all over the world. Everywhere constantly and people abusing their authority. Is that even abusing their power and mm-hmm. preying on the desperate? And it yeah. sucks. Because I'm sure there's so many, like the bravery of the this woman to even take him to court or anything. Like, I'm sure there's people like in this episode that don't want to talk and don't want to tell anyone because they don't trust the system. And why would they? Right. But it's really, really like concerning to me that you were unable to find so much information because this clearly this stuff gets just like the press can't get into these organizations i feel like no and it was the same sound bites over and over in every single article it wasn't like there was like deep investigative reporting on one or the other uh like it was the same information everywhere and it's probably very like these are two bad apples these are just two bad guys we had at ice everyone else at ice is great the same way that we hear about you know police and other institutions all the time and if anyone does have more information or knows how these cases ended or anything like that please reach out to us um and let us know yeah and then um stick around because we have a very fun interview when we get back Okay, time for our guest. Um, We were very excited to talk to this person. She is a regular performer in the New York comedy scene. Oh my God, us too, formerly. Um, She can be seen in Netflix's Dash and Lily. And SVU was one of her first major roles. We had such a great time talking to her, guys. Check out our interview with Lee Hubilia. So we'll start from the beginning. We're assuming you auditioned at Chelsea Piers. Chorus classic. (laughs) How how did that go? Like, what was the, were you so excited when you got the sides? Like, tell us about the audition process. Um, I believe, I don't know. I'm, I don't know if I've auditioned for act for SVU before, but I've auditioned for Jonathan Strauss before. So I'd been to like the iconic Chelsea peers, like a few times. I definitely took lots of pictures when I first got there of like all like the movie photos in the hallway of like, I don't know, <laughs> gone with the wind and shit like that. I was like very excited. Ooh, I don't know if I can curse. You can yes. swear, say whatever you want. <laughs> Perfect. That's when I really shine. Um, <laughs> so I, you know, it was really funny because I'd been there a couple of times and like, hadn't booked anything and so I was kind of just like I mean I- iconic to be auditioning for SVU because I like have watched a lot of SVU in my life oh great so was really excited and was excited about the role but it wasn't like she wasn't specifically Filipino and I just like felt like 
I don't know. Her name wasn't Filipino. She worked at like a Thai restaurant. I was like, I don't know. I'm just going to, I only act, they said an Asian accent. I was like, only one I can do is Filipino. So we're just going to go with that, you know? Is the accent like how maybe your parents or family are like, how do you develop that? Because I'm Russian and I cannot do a Russian accent and it makes me so embarrassed and I get so shy and weird. <laughs> and so how did you come up with the accent? Okay, actually iconic that this way biggest TV role is a Filipino accent and I have never done one. My parents don't really have one. I was kind of <laughs> shook. I called my cousin and my friend to help make sure what I was doing was like, right. You know, and it's just yeah. so funny that, I, you know, my parents, uh, they have an accent, but it's not super strong, you know, and uh, my, they spoke only English to me and my brother growing up as the whole point is to get rid of your accent. Right. So mm -hmm. um, just really, you know phoned it in I feel like uh, <laughs> but but it was it's just so funny that like you know that that I don't normally you know I don't have an accent I don't normally do things with an accent but you know we just pulled it out the hat for this one seemed to work out yeah how was the hair and makeup department? Because like people can't see you right now, but like they should Google you and like your headshots. Like you have this like long flowing hair. You're so pretty. And not that Rosamie isn't pretty, but she's very like librarian and like meek. It's just not really like your look that you have in real life. So I feel like hair and makeup went to town on you, making you this like little dork. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Love that dork. That's really cute. I love that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I have. So when I auditioned, I was like this, you know, I just had hair. I mean, you know, like no makeup. I just had yeah, my yeah. hair out, just for a t-shirt. Honestly, we really were just like, we're going to show up just very chill. Um, and then I got to my fittings and I was just like, we put on some clothes, you know, and like they're, you know, the clothes are like, you know, they're like blouses and like pants. She's a hostess. She wears a modest heel. Okay, cute. And then the props <laughs> guy comes over with these glasses to choose from. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> like, oh, we're putting <laughs> yeah, you in glasses. I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> uh, not like, not like a, I wear glasses all the time in real life. I was just like shocked. I was like, have you ever even seen me in glasses? <laughs> and then like, we like specifically, like they specifically had to choose the glasses that were like, you know, like Costco glasses. Like mm -hmm. now I was like, well, I would wear these. And they were kind of like a clear, like a big frame. And they're like, yeah. Okay. Well, actually Rosamie is kind of a little too hip for Rosamie, <laughs> a little too hip. And then like the, the hairdo, uh, it was also funny because I just don't wear my hair like that. And, but it's for afterwards. I started calling it like the Rosamie classic. Cause I'd be like, this is just <laughs> the tendrils in the front, like the prom moment. And like, the totally. it was really like, it was really funny and fun to like, cause it really like really transformed me into this like different person and it really helped. And, you know, you trust them. They know what they're doing. Yeah. And how was it working with like a little kid? Oh my God. She's Your daughter. So sweet. Really shook. Cause I looked at her and I was like, that could be my kid. <laughs> I was like, kind of like, oh my God. Like where, and then her mom was there. So I was a little like, Hey, steal your kid. mind if I borrow this for a second, I'm just going to put her on my lap. That's cool. Right. Um, <laughs> but she was so sweet. I mean, I, you know, I have taught and like do sometimes teach kids. So like I, and I, you know, I nannied a little bit, I babysat. So, you know, I've read, you know, I've, I've done that, like reading the same book over and over again. And like, so if there was a lot of that, just like, you know, just treating, just felt like I was hanging out with like a really cute, sweet kid. and. 
you were like reading this book in between takes just to sort of like you know Aww, I was like let's do that. yeah because I mean like she's sitting in a stranger's lap with all these people I mean she's very chill and like really professional but I was like I would feel weird with just all these strangers here so it was it was fun it was cute I like it um but we had to take pictures also like for the frames in the apartment like just like you know oh, oh wow yeah That's I don't know cool. I don't do think I noticed that I, I always assume that they just kind of like ask you for photos of you when you're younger like hey can you bring a few photos of you but I guess you probably have to have some of you and the kid you know? oh yeah there was a whole separate day that was like we took our our like our wedding photo you know that was a oh very my city gosh. hall wedding where they gave me like ringlets and like glasses still there of course but like <laughs> ringlets and they had a picture of me on the i think it's like if you look at the piano that's like where the frames yeah, are yeah because you know he references his me uh during mm-hmm. his scene yeah so um any like tidbits of working with the regulars marishka iced tea give us all that svu tea that we want oh my god well <laughs> it's so funny because like the really like big scene with everybody like the courtroom scene right where like i'm brought in and it's like dun, dun, oh dun. yeah everything stops yeah for you. well that was like the very first thing we shot so it was like <laughs> <laughs> you know i'm just like my first day they was like bring me scared into the room which felt appropriate because <laughs> i mean it's like the svu courtroom you know it's just like holy shit and then like you know mariska mariska is like stand-in is there for most of it and then she like you know they fly her in at the last second you're just like oh my god she's here and then everyone's <laughs> like uh and it's just it was really I didn't have any scenes with Mariska but I it was really funny to see her like walking around like the office like you know when I had to go back in for ADR or, like iced tea was there when I was doing my ADR and it was very much like oh we're gonna you're gonna come in and we're, you're gonna do your ADR but uh, I think I is coming so then you're just gonna have to leave and then come back and i was like <laughs> gladly yes yeah let no ice in here do his thing <laughs> um i don't know everyone was very chill and very nice and and um kelly was also i did all, you know, all my scenes with kelly and actually someone uh who was is just wasn't on the wasn't a regular um the so, Isra- yeah the guy who's yeah, called the, hebrew yeah the Isra- yeah yeah from the band's visit i forgot his name I hate well we did too and we're supposed to be (laughs) (laughs) but so like that honestly like having like you know Kelly is like a series regular but like they were all like very like chill chill about it you know they weren't like I don't know so it made me have to feel chill even though like I wasn't but I just had to be like oh yeah yeah, sure cool we're just gonna go but rehearse do my lines whatever no big deal. Just another day in the biz. Just another day <laughs> in like the longest running TV show in history. And like, truly, this is, I'm never going to be able to top this. Like my family is like, this is it for me. I reached like the pinnacle. I could win an Oscar and it's not going to be being on it too. So this episode actually aired right before, speaking of it being like, you know, a big moment for you, like it aired right before the pandemic. So you could still see people. Did you watch it with your friends? Like what, how did you watch the episode? I actually was very um cautious about who I was gonna watch it with because it was my first like really I mean I've had like other things that but they all aired after SV so SV had like the the biggest turnaround so I I didn't know what it was almost am I gonna hate it I don't you know the accent Mm. I was like so nervous I definitely was like I don't want to watch it with a lot of like I have like cousins and aunts and stuff that uh, you know, but I was like, I don't want to watch it with like a whole big group, which is like, would be typical Filipino style. But I was like, I think I'm just going to watch it with my mom 
boyfriend, <laughs> like very low key, um, in Queens. Um, and yeah. it was, it was really, you know, it was very chill. I like really wanted it to be like, not a big thing. Cause I was like nervous about it. But then I was like, actually like very happy about it. It was really cool to see. That's awesome. What'd you guys eat while you watched it? <laughs> well, I used to live in Queens. I used to live in Sunnyside. My mom now lives in Sunnyside because um, she's copying me. Um, and I, there's just like, there's this, I don't know why this is now like a, a recommendation, but there's like this place called Mr. Chicken in Queens that has like the best chicken noodle soup and it comes with cornbread. It's delicious. Oh. It's like when I lived there, it was like my comfort, like seamless order, having a bad moment, need chicken soup physically or just like emotionally um so like that I like had the whole thing I was like we're gonna go to my mom's house just gonna be me my mom my boyfriend I'm gonna order chicken noodle soup we're gonna watch it and that's gonna be the 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 whole like I had a very like ceremonial thing set up I love it this is really exciting uh that you're also a fan of the show so curious if you have any favorite episodes or guest stars or anything like as a watcher that you that we like to say haunts you or like any episode. Yeah, what's the episode that haunts you? Yeah. Oh. Pretty much every single one. So you can't go wrong. <laughs> or like which detective you think's the hottest, what DA you want to comment on, you know, whatever as a viewer you'd like to share. Episode that haunts me. You know what's interesting? I was like on a plane recently and there were there was an SVU marathon going. This is after I like was on the show and I was like, oh great. You know, it's every time the show comes on, you're like, you know it's gonna be good. I and mean, you can just watch it. Mm-hmm. It was this episode. I don't remember the name of it. It was it must have been pretty recent, but the storyline was it was like this trans kid, I think maybe they were in high school, um, was bullied and like pushed off like a bridge or something. It was it's off- literally called Transgender Bridge is the name of the episode. Wow, really? So <laughs> you could have guessed it if you spent, yeah, <laughs> you thought about it for two seconds. <laughs> it's not the best named episode, I don't think, but I know what you're talking about. I cannot believe it's, wow. They're just like uh, two things, two words, put them together. <laughs> but that episode like really like, stuck with me and like messed me up because like then the you know the kid that was bullied the kid that did the he's part of a group that was bullying this transgender kid but he's also like a, a young black boy and you see his mom is just like i can't have him you know and so you're seeing this just like these two just like uh families that are like absolutely being like 24 and then the the kid in the hospital like says that you know she forgives the the kid that was bullying yeah, her, but then it's really tragic. Yeah, and then there's but then the the kid. Um, spoilers. I don't know. Do we? No, no we don't. Okay. <laughs> but then the the whole turn of it is that like and of after even after giving forgiveness, the kid in the hospital ends up dying, and then as just like as precedence, they have to send this other kid to jail and try him as an adult, and so like his life is ruined, and his mom was absolutely like beside herself by that, and I would just was so I was like this episode you know there's like no good and I was like man yeah. this is SVU and it's like finest and it really shows you like just like the nuanced like how sometimes there just like is no happy ending for anyone exactly involved. and what are are you auditioning now what are your I don't know dream jobs goals wishes projects that you're working on on your by yourself you know yeah what are you up to? wow i just had a whole therapy session talking about what are my wants and goals <laughs> um, i you know yeah i've been auditioning um in the weird way that people do in pandemic which is just at home yeah but like honestly kind of love that because i don't have to 
dress up bag not to put shoes on <laughs> i i do some writing on my own i have a writing partner and we're working on some television shows that we're like applying to some labs and things like that I just got some good news about one of those projects, but uh, I don't know when this will air and when the, the, the trades article will come out, but like, we're excited about that. Okay. I'm excited that we'll get to see you post this in the paper. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know what's up. This is cool. When we, when we were like Googling you and stuff, we saw that you like have done like comedy stuff in New, in New York, right? Yeah. We've done like, cause we're comedians from, we both, we met in New York. Yeah. We both live in LA now, but I saw you do, do stuff at the pit and like, I used to perform at the pit all the time. Oh my God. RIP the pit. I know. RIP the pit. RIP UCB. I mean, they're all. I know. I mean, gone. the magnet is only one standing and actually the magnet is where I got most of my training. And started. I did take an Armando Diaz class at the Magnet one time because everyone was like, you have to take a class with Armando. Armando is such a, I feel like he's a cartoon character. He's so funny. <laughs> I took a sketch. I took sketch with him. Um, he's, he's a funny character. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank Lee. you for taking the time to talk to us. I think that's all we really wanted to ask you about. I don't Unless, know if you have any. Yeah, if you have more scoop. Last minute, like run in where you bumped into Ice T or something. <laughs> no, I will say Kelly Giddish um, has a very cute dog. I'm not. Oh, I don't know. The she name. has fan accounts that have told us about the dog because the dog is in the show all the time. Oh, is, I mean, this dog. I mean, when I this dog had, was just like this set was its home. I don't know if I think it's a bull. I'm not sure the name of the dog, but this pup, this dog, not a puppy, very big, just like was going to crafty walking around like <laughs> completely unattended. So I was walking around like there is a dog fully <laughs> on the loose. And then we sit down like, you know, to do like the first rehearsal in the courtroom and then like Kelly's there. And then the dog just like on its own, just like comes up to her. And then like, I'm like, Oh, it's her dog. And then it like leaves on its own. And then it's just like fully, you know, autonomous. Wow. What a fun guest. She was really so sweet and cool. And I wish you guys could have seen her in person. Gorgeous hair and person. The only thing that's confusing is the chicken soup. (laughs) That's not a party food. Lee, (laughs) come on. (laughs) Get a pizza and some ceviche. Uh, No, chicken, cornbread is uh, very cute. No, she was amazing. I love hearing everything. Loved this episode. Hate people taking advantage of the vulnerable communities yeah so for our post-mortem what we learned in this episode hannah you literally our producer hannah you are literally going through the green card process right now tell me about how you have been systematically abused no the timing of this episode is crazy because the day we were editing this episode was the day my husband and i went in for his green card interview and so the timing was wild we had a lovely woman named cecilia we passed. He got approved. What's the craziest question? Were there any crazy questions? We were prepped with four pages of questions. I know his favorite color. I know his father's occupation. I know everything about him now. I didn't need pretty much any of it. I came so prepared with papers. I made a 50-page document proving our relationship with photos and captions and dates of where we were. Uh, we brought our phone plan. You know, if you have all the paperwork. Also, he's 
Canadian. Like he's not coming from a country that yeah. the United States has any questions about. Um, we're also white. <laughs> it was a very easy process for us compared to probably lots of other people. people yeah. Um, he's not fleeing a persecution. He's not fleeing persecution in his homeland. Yes. But yeah. you would think you'd be nicer to the persecuted. Yes. But they're easier to take advantage of. Yeah. That was what we learned. That's what we learned in this episode. Oh, it's so frustrating. But Hannah, we're glad you passed. Thank you. And, you know, hats off to Matt. We got to have a green card party. Yeah. Yeah. We celebrated with veggie burgers and fries and everyone was like, what are you going to do to celebrate? And we were like, sit. We're just thrilled. We don't want to do anything. We just want to live in well, America. Well, after Hannah was done laminating a 50 page book, I'm sure she just needs a rest. This is why she's our producer, everybody, because she's detail oriented. And if you want to keep um, on this theme, there's a great Simpsons episode about Apu uh, becoming a citizen. It's called Much Apu About Nothing. And <laughs> I, think, I think that's what it, that one's called. But um, it's him becoming a citizen and Homer being his teacher. And it's really um, one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. I think what we learned this week was um, Lisa and I very much differ on whether people are allowed to order from different restaurants. <laughs> I'm okay with it once in a while, but Lisa says it's a fine, it's a fine everyday occurrence. I just can't well, handle double delivery fees. For me, I had to, I love spending money. It's like, um, it's like my self-destructive thing. Like I just, <laughs> it's like your I inner love... saboteur has a credit card. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but I was going to say, I had to take like an oath and become a citizen. I had a green card when I was a kid, but I like threw in a fate, like use the name you want to use is what I'm saying. I gave myself a middle name that I didn't need. And so now I have this like middle name on my own. <laughs> what is name. it? Well, in Russia, it's like your dad's name feminized, you know, like uh -huh. you probably know that from literature and stuff. So it's Simeonovna, but it's like, like Russia doesn't actually have middle names. It's a very American thing, I think. And so I was like, no, I will be Yelizaveta Simeonovna. And now I have to add it everywhere. I don't even know how to spell it. And it's like, <laughs> I was in junior high and I should, I just jealous of everyone's middle names and I should have just left it off my paperwork. So if you do go do paperwork, pick the name you want <laughs> and make it short. Yeah. Easy don't to fuck spell. Around. Also, if you have um, a dirty mattress in the back of your van, it's going to be hard to get out of the case. Okay. Yeah. You're going to be found guilty. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. If it's a clean mattress, maybe, but if it's a dirty used mattress, not going to happen. Also, do not be with men that are going to be mad at you if you get sexually assaulted. That's not a man for you. Yeah. If you're scared to tell your partner about something horrible happened to you because they might get mad or jealous because you got attacked or think that you're like dirty or not clean, that is fucked up. And do not be with that person if you have the option not to be. Yeah. Also... We learned that something weird is going on with the green card system because Irish people are both just coming here and then getting married, but they're gay. Like, I mean, I, I, no one was getting a green card in that situation. So I'm, I'm, I'm confused about it. But if you are, I know we have an immigration attorney in, in our listeners. So somebody write me and tell me why two people from Ireland were both trying to get a green card from being fake married to each other. We definitely have Irish listeners since we were in an Irish magazine. Oh, hell yes. I still have a copy of that to give you because yes, my please. good friend Brita, shout out to Brita in Ireland, sent me seven copies of that magazine. <laughs> yeah. Also, Rollins, she be flirting. Rollins is out there touching hands. Uh, yeah. But I mean, now, hopefully by now, Lisa, maybe you've seen the Rollins and the releasey moment. No, no, still not. But 
I think that that guy probably was watching and was like, fuck, there goes my recurring. Like he's <laughs> maybe he'll be back, but he's not going to be back as the romantic interest of Rollins. Also, I say this often, but everything counts. So every groper, everything is fucked up and you need to punt like they need to be persecuted. You can't just be like, oh, whatever. He just touched me. No. Yes. If you feel safe enough and somebody grubs up on you on the subway or a crowded bus or something and you feel like you're safe, they don't have a, they don't have a weapon. And like, there's a lot of people around, make a scene, make a scene, scream at that motherfucker. Yeah. Make them embarrassed. I've had several denim cocks shoved up against my back and I wish I had said more. Yeah. Say more if you can. And if there's people around you and if you see something, I don't know. I just, if you see something, say something. Yeah. New York really, the MTA really killed it with that one. That took over. They came up with that, right? Or maybe it was nine. I don't know. Probably a firm or something. They probably hired someone. I don't know. It's like about bombs, but I think it covers a lot of things. You know, I did major in advertising for a semester. So, well, I I love that. (laughs) I love that. Well, I mean, when you came up with the name for our live show, that game was like Mariska makes me hard and gay or something like that. Perfect. I was impressed with myself. Yeah, I was impressed too. I thought maybe you found it on the internet. No, uh, no, that was in my brain. I'm not a plagiarizer. <laughs> Somebody uh, messaged us to saying that would be a good drag name, Mariska Harden Gay. Oh my God, it would. Yeah. We need to find a baby drag queen and give her a name. <laughs> Guys, there's a cool New York Times article about who invented See Something, Say Something. It's a man, Alan Kay, who invented it September, said it first, September 12th, 2001. And then the MTA started using it. But there's an article in the New York Times all about the history of it. Oh, wow. the day, wait. So literally the day after 9-11 day after he said it and then it was picked up and used. Yeah. Send me the link. We'll post it in our stories. I can't believe he had a slogan the day after 9-11 and wasn't even grieving that hard. I mean, to come to be creative the next day at work. That's pretty wild. Yeah. To be pumping out hashtag content. Yeah. And it's also like, I understand like if someone leaves a purse or luggage and you're like, okay, that's weird. What's in there. But it's like fresh from nine 11. It's like, we saw the plane, you know, like you can't blame citizens for that. Like, right. I think I'm seeing a plane crash into a building. Who do I tell? (laughs) Yeah. That's not really how it. Yeah. Listen, nine 11 sucked. Yeah. And see something, say something became, Hey, there's a Brown person and I feel unsafe. Yeah, it became the next door app. Yeah. <laughs> Versus uh, there is a package. I mean, the next door app. Oh, God. The next door app is wild. I cannot wait for it. Well, I will say I for the July will have just happened when you guys hear this episode. And my next door app will be flooded with people being like, my dog, please don't let off fireworks. And it's like, you got to take your dog and get out of town because there are if fireworks. If you gentrify a neighborhood, yeah. you follow that neighborhood's rules. Yeah. Okay. Go fuck yourself. My neighborhood is pro fireworks. (laughs) I've been trying to get Rosie prepped. I'm like fireworks like in Daniel Tiger. She keeps calling it of July. I don't think she hears me saying fourth. So she keeps being like of July of July. There was funny. um, Roy Wood Jr.'s son is very, very cute. And he posted videos like days after fourth of July. Him going to the window being like, boom, boom. And he's like, it's done. It's done. (laughs) There's no more. And he wanted more fireworks. Um, Yes, someone was saying uh, yesterday, or was it with your friends actually, but on the Nextdoor app that someone was like, I saw a brown person and they were suspicious. Why are they parked at the end of my block? And it was the landscaper uh, doing work and had been working there forever. 
whatever. And she had to like apologize officially on the app and everything. Cause it's like, yeah, but are you going to change your ways now? Yeah. Next door is so racist. It's terrible, but there is a funny Twitter account called the best of next door. So please follow that because, um, they have some very choice, hilarious things that people write because people write to each other and then they'll write, they'll write racist shit and bad shit. And then people will be like, fuck right off Ed. Like there's all kinds of fighting on it. And it's really funny. Oh God. Tell us how we can help the community. Kara. Yeah. We need help. Now let's talk about helping our community. You can help your community by complaining about firework. No, um, on this week's, uh, what would sister peg do, which is our weekly segment where we give you a resource, a website, an organization, something, a book, something that helps you, um, gather more knowledge or contribute to a topic that we talked about in today's episode. This week, we wanted to highlight the American Immigration Council, which is um, www.americanimmigrationcouncil.org. The American Immigration Council works to strengthen America by shaping how America thinks about and acts towards immigrants and immigration, and by working towards a more fair and just immigration system that opens its doors to those in need of protection and unleashes the energy and skills that immigrants bring. Immigrants are literally 50% of this podcast and uh, they're the best and we need to treat them better and not with this fucking disdain and racism that we get a lot in this country. So yeah, without immigrants, you'd all be eating at fucking Applebee's and doing nothing. Okay. (laughs) You think you guys would be winning any gold medals in ice skating? No. Okay. (laughs) No. Go fuck yourselves. (laughs) Whenever I think about like the people that hate him or like are racist and hate different cultures, I'm like, for what? What do you want? What does your town have to offer without an immigrant? You don't want pho in your neighborhood? I don't get it. <laughs> I don't understand. Like you would just be eating peanut butter and jelly and doing nothing. Right. Um, next week's episode will be Rapist Anonymous, season 15, episode nine. Um, so if you'd like to do your homework, you just know, a reminder a- that season 15 is misnumbered on Hulu. Yes. It is season 15, episode nine. It's called Rapist Anonymous. Look at the title so that you don't watch the wrong episode. Yeah. And then I did meet in Philly some people that fully don't even watch it. There are people who listen, like they don't watch the episodes. <laughs> like it's so wild. Yeah. So if you do watch Peacock, Hulu, all that jazz, if you don't watch, have a great weekend. Yeah. <laughs> See you next week. Yeah. <laughs> That's Messed Up is an Exactly Right production. If you have compliments you'd like to give us or episodes you'd like us to cover, shoot us an email at thatsmesseduppod at gmail.com. Follow the podcast on Instagram at thatsmesseduppod and on Twitter at messeduppod. And follow us personally at Kara Clank and at Glitter Cheese. As always, please see our show notes for sources and more information. Thank you so much to SVU Superfan and our incredible producer, Hannah Kyle Creighton. And to our sound engineer and personal hero, Annalise Nelson. And to Henry Kapersky for our theme song. To Carly Jean Andrews for our artwork. Thanks to our executive producers, Georgia Hardstark, Karen Kilgariff, Daniel Kramer, and everybody at Exactly Right Media. Listen, subscribe, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're an advertiser interested in advertising on our show, go to midroll.com slash ads. Dun, dun. dun. <laughs>